0: The Stage Door Show, celebrating the independent artist with your host, Dave Hondell. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Stage Door Show tonight. This is Dave Hondell. Uh, so excited about tonight's guest. She's not only an accomplished leading actress you've seen in several movies and TV shows, but she's also an accomplished screenwriter. She recently starred in a couple of movies she actually wrote, so we want to get into that, but let's bring her in right now. Uh, Ansley Gordon, thanks for being on the show, Ansley.
1: Hi, thank you. It's it's a pleasure to be here. So
0: so happy that you're with us. You know, I want to start out with you know a couple of romantic comedies that you actually wrote and you starred in these because it, it fascinated me. It, it must be cool to actually act out the words that you wrote for this uh, movie, to have your your fellow actors and co-stars actually, you know, read that same dialogue that you wrote. So how is that to see your work come to fruition like that?
1: It, it was wild. So I started writing in 2019 because I was frustrated with where I was in my career as a woman in my late 20s that I was like, I am, take me seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so I started writing and I thought, well, what is the lowest barrier to entry? And these TV movies, they there are just so many made a year that I thought, well, I'll just do that. Like, let's just try, you know, like what's the worst people can say is no. Right. Yeah. So I ended up watching one or, or three a day every day for three months. And I broke them down every movie I could get my hand on or hands on. And then after that, I wrote one movie a month for nine months. And I challenged myself. I would set a date for the table read of a script before it was even done. And so I had to be done by this date because people were coming to my house to read my script. Yeah. So I taught myself how to do it. And then I sold my first script right before COVID. And when COVID happened, I was like, oh no, well there goes like my writing career. I'm never gonna get anything made ever. And the opposite happened. I just sold my 20th project in the last two and a half years. and during COVID, i've had uh 10 9 or 10 of those projects film and my first one that filmed was in uh vancouver in october of 2020 and it was my it was the first script i ever wrote just happened to be the first one that i sold
2: yeah and it was wow
1: so i had this moment of like this is amazing yeah i have made it as a screenwriter like i'm produced now i can put that in subject lines when right, I'm emailing right. people produce screenwriter. <laughs> exactly But on the other hand i'm not acting in it and i don't the studio didn't even know that i was an actor because i didn't want people to not take me seriously as a writer so i didn't tell anybody for like a year and that when i did finally say something the studio was like oh you have to be you have to be a number three you have have to do a supporting first Mm -hmm. similar to what happened with john bonner that you do the the three and then you get to do your number one so the number three that i did ended up being in my own movie and that was wild. And being in that movie, I was like, I wrote all of these jokes wrong. Like now that I'm performing them, like <laughs> I should have written these jokes better. It <laughs> should have been better jokes. Um, but that that was really cool to see how the director brought it to life, how the art direction came to life. I It was about a digital agency. That's the Singles Guidebook and seeing like the company's called agency and seeing the agency logo for the first time, like in the window of the building we were filming in, I was just like.
0: Yeah, surreal, (laughs) surreal, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I knew that if I did the number three in that movie that I would likely get to star in in my next movie, which was Love on the Reef. Now in the interim, I ended up accidentally booking another number one for a movie that I, I didn't write. So, and that was one that I did with Jonathan Stoddard. So went and did that one and then immediately went and did Love on the Reef. And on Love on the Reef, I, first of all, Jen Bonner was literally what I wanted out of that role. Like every single word that came out of her mouth was perfect. Yeah. And it, I was like, I'm not doing a good job on as Dr. Isla Waters, but Jen as Brooke is literally perfect. <laughs> so it, was, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, but my, my co-star Mark, he had questions on the script and he was like, I don't, I don't love this. Can we change this? Can we, what about this? I'm like, yeah, whatever. Go ahead. And and on like, like the middle of the shoot, he was like, I need you to be more precious with your words. And I was like, <laughs> no, I, you, I am an actor. I know what it's like to have to say sure. something that doesn't feel authentic in my body. Mm-hmm. If you have a better way of saying something, you should say it that way. Now, if it's one of my fish puns or a joke that I now have perfected, I need you to land that one. But everything else,
0: yeah. like,
1: it's it's okay for me, at least, for people to take things and make it their own. Well,
0: you know, Ansley, one of the things that, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, ask you, I know Love on the Reef and The Singles Guidebook, you know, those are two romantic comedies. I mean, I know you, you kind of brought this up already, but what kind of draws you to the, the rom-coms, I guess, because everybody loves them. I mean, I don't care if you're a guy or lady or whatever. I mean, we all sit on the couch and we love... Hallmark, Lifetime, all these networks that show rom-coms. It's just to me they're they're just they're fun, you know. They're kind of a look into our own life sometimes. So, I guess what what attracted you to that type of genre, I guess, at this point?
1: I love that they are lighthearted, that their goal is to make you feel good and and they're about human connection. So, they are stories that are about a moment that hopefully everyone gets to experience in their life, which is falling in love at some point. Right. And I love love as as an emotion, as a feeling that exists in the human body. And so getting to put that into a script, I love I love doing that. And I love creating scenarios for my characters to fall in love. So are they playing croquet? Are they going surfing? Are they going to a food truck? You know, like by creating dates that I won't necessarily ever go on in my life. Are they in a hot air balloon, you know? Yeah. And putting putting them in situations where they get to feel a positive emotion. And then the audience, when watching it, will also feel the positive emotion.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you ever, well, how do you draw inspiration, I guess, for an idea for a movie? Because I mean, you want them to all be unique. So how do you draw inspiration mm-hmm. for each one?
1: Everyone is different. So sometimes if I, if I need a job and I'm like, I need money, I will pick a season. So I'll say spring, what happens in spring? We have weddings, we have bridal showers, we have baby showers, we have Easter. Like what kind of things happen in in spring? And I will pick topics that could happen and then find scenarios that could plug into there. So if somebody meets somebody at a wedding or they show up to the wrong baby shower, or, you know, like how can I connect two people that like two opposites in a very specific feeling setting.
2: Yeah.
1: A- and then now if I'm doing something that's more like on my own, that I'm just coming up with something like I'm writing my first Prince movie right now, oh, which wow. is so fun. Yeah, so we're I'm table reading it on Monday. Um, set the table read before I finished it <laughs> so, <laughs> to make sure that it gets done. Yeah. Um, and the way that I came up with that one was I thought if I were in a Disney movie, what kind of princess would I want to play? Yeah. And so I wrote it around that. Now, Love on the Reef, I came up with the idea uh, for that with my family while we were in the Florida Keys and we were on the boat. We were going skiing and we were all just talking about different ideas. For like, what if he's a surfer? What if she's a marine biologist? What if she's a surfer? What if he's a marine biologist Yeah, and putting the pieces together? And I wrote the concept and pitched a couple years later. And the rest is history.
0: How do you find time to actually sit and write? I mean, did, did you write most of them during the COVID, I guess, uh, quarantine? Or did you, I mean, you continue to, to write even when you're acting at night or I guess when yes. you're not working?
1: So, so far in 2022, I have filmed five movies as an actor and I've had four movies as a writer go through development into production. Wow. So, the hardest one was I was filming a movie called Baked with a Kiss. I was in pre-production for a movie that I wrote called Love on Your Doorstep. And then I was in development on a Chris movie that I'm not allowed to talk about yet as yeah. a writer. So <laughs> filming, I'm filming Baked with the Kids. I'm i am the lead of that one. So I'm, you know, working 12 hour days yeah. I'm going home and I'm shooting that on the East Coast. I'm going home and I'm doing production calls with, you know, the director, producer, line producer, UPM getting we're changing locations. We're we're missing this cast person. So we have to change the script. Can we fix this? And I'm like on Zoom calls with people in my like hair and makeup from set you know, like <laughs> going over the And I'm like, yes, OK, sure. Yeah, yeah. Can we just can you just email me everything you want? And I'll just do it. So then I'm making notes on that quickly going over my lines for the next day, going to sleep, getting up, finishing, learning my lines while I get ready in the morning, while I'm driving the set, while I'm in hair and makeup, then shoot the morning. Then on lunch, I bring my laptop to set. And I'm writing the Christmas movie that I'm in development for over lunch, and then I will film the afternoon scenes, and then I would go. Home wow!
0: <laughs> so you kind of have to get yourself in different spaces, I guess, when you're writing, and then when you you have to get back into the, in front of the camera. Every minute counts. Wow, yeah. crazy! Um, yeah. The other thing I was going to ask you about this because I never asked an actor about this, and I should have, but I want to ask you this. So there, there's production companies that you that actually produce. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. Produce the movie. -hmm. And is is the movie actually commissioned first or do you film it first and then pitch it later? I'm just trying to figure out how how that works because there's always sometimes there's multiple production companies for one movie. So how does that how does that make it to let's say Hallmark or or lifetime? How does that process work?
1: So in my experience, I've never worked with Hallmark directly. It's my goal, I'm I'm manifesting it. But in my experience, (laughs) I with I work a lot with real one. And everything I do with them is development. So I will pitch an idea and will we'll build it out. I'll do a two-page synopsis, then I'll do a 20-page outline, then I'll write the script, then they'll bring in one of their production partners to film it, and they all they then sell it. So the production company that they bring in will make it, but real one is in charge of who it sells to. Now mm. there are other companies that will pre-sell their stuff, their scripts that they get approved by Netflix, Amazon Hallmark to, and they will get funding to make that project, which then they will be hired to make.
0: Yeah. I've always wondered how that works because uh, you know, it's, I, I, I didn't know if it was actually made first, and then like they see it and like oh we'll buy this you know if, yeah. or if it was like hey that, we like your like idea we're going to pay spec. you and then you we'll, we'll pay you to make it yeah
1: so the the paying you to make the idea is development Okay. making it and then selling it is called making it on spec
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's good for our listeners. Cause I know that's something that I think people, <laughs> people wonder about. Um, you know, the other thing, I, what were you like as a child? I mean, did you, were you like, uh, did you have this imagination? Were you like an actress? You know, did you, yes. did you do like school plays and how, how was that for you as a child?
1: So I was actually talking to my dad about this yesterday and he was like, you know, Ann's, little girls want to be actresses. They want to be princesses. They want to be astronauts. They want to be scuba divers and, and it changes. And you, just wanted to be an actress like j- this was all you wanted and he said i've never met anybody who decided their career at four and stuck with it wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so i did my first um regional theater show at four it was wizard of oz and i have told the story so many times so if you've listened to another interview tonight, i'm so sorry i'll make it quick um i my age group so i was at this dance studio and they the theater asked our dance studio because these kids have stage Presence to come in and audition for for the munchkins and the poppies. And the little, little kids got to be poppies and the bigger kids got to be munchkins. And I wanted to be a munchkin because they got more screen time. You know, like (laughs) that's what I wanted. Like I want to be in front of people. So I told the director that and he liked that. And I, but when I got cast, I was cast as a poppy and I only had two scenes and I was annoyed by that. So I went up to the director at four and said, we had a deal. Man, like you told me that I could be a munchkin if I got cast. And he was so charmed by it. He was like, "Okay, you can be a munchkin, but you also have to be a poppy for numbers. We need stage numbers. And I remember being on stage, and there was a kid who was older than me who would follow Glenda around and pick up her sparkles that fell off her dress. And I'm like, what are you doing? We are on stage Like, oh, yeah. What are you doing? You're so.
0: you're much more mature than the other actors on stage, I right? I was just like, <laughs> come on, people. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one of the things I also want to ask you, you know, just being a, a woman in the industry, yes, you know, I know that we've, you know, it's evolved over the number of years, but you know, I personally, I don't think we are where we need to be uh, when it yeah. comes to women in the industry and especially in you know producing roles, and directing mm-hmm. roles, and so forth. And so, what is your uh, take on that? And you know, I guess, what's your opinion on that?
1: I think that the more stories that we are able to put forward that show women in normal light, not women in glamorized lights, you know, because for so long cinema was cinema was made through the male lens. So women were put on a pedestal of this like ideal of our idea of what a woman a woman should be instead of what a woman actually is, which is somebody complex with dreams and goals and doesn't have a perfect body and wants to have kids, but also wants to have a career and, you know, all of all of the things. And so I think the more women who are writing stories that are that are honest and authentic for for women will help move the needle forward and writing a female driven script and it being given to a female director will then help hire a female DP and a female sound en- engineer. And in my career, I've only been miked one time by a woman
2: Wow!
1: in every production I've ever worked on. My sound person was only a woman once and it was on Better Things on FX. And Pamela Adlon was in charge of that show and she was incredible and a force. And the crew was like 80 percent women or something. It was like her mandate. And it was awesome. And I think that expanding on what a woman can do behind the camera. I just did a movie where I played twins and our focus puller was this brilliant young woman named Hannah and our scripty was a a young woman named Cassidy and it was it was amazing to see so many young women behind the camera in positions that are so important
0: right for sure yeah and and then speaking of that you know we usually have our, our actors or singers or wherever we have on give a piece of advice um you know to some of the new people that are just getting getting into the industry or they want to be an actor actress uh what do you say to that young girl out there who you know who wants to to get into the industry or be um in film or tv you know what kind of advice could you give somebody like that like a young female
1: you are enough you are enough exactly as you are you do, do not need to lose weight you do not need to dye your hair you do not need to fix your skin i have invisalign to fix my teeth so they could be straighter but i worked in the entertainment industry for 20 years before i did that you are enough and this industry will try to tell you over and over and over and over and over that you're not and that's just not true so the biggest piece of advice that i have for anyone getting started is one your living situation is important so make sure you have you don't live in model housing with 19 roommates that you hate yeah. two yeah. you are absolutely enough exactly as you are
0: that's great advice, and it's, it's funny you should mention the, the housing situation because I had <laughs> I had uh, Tony Winner, and she's just actually getting her star on the Walk of Fame uh, in 2023. Oh. But Melba Moore, uh, she that's out of 127 episodes, I asked that question almost every episode. That's only the second time that somebody said <laughs> said that.
1: Really? Yeah. When you move to somewhere like L.A., New York, Atlanta, somewhere that you're not from and you think, I will rough it out. I had told my parents, I was like, I live in my car till I'm 30. <laughs> and no, yeah. no, yeah. because you can't be the best version of yourself, not only as a performer, but like how you move through the world impacts your art. Right. Like I can't write well at the, the level that I need to be writing if I'm not sleeping well, if I don't feel safe in my house, if I'm, you know, and those things impact what you do in your day-to-day, which impacts what you do in your art.
0: Yeah, you got to be mentally healthy uh, when you're going to do a a job like that. Ansley, you know, being on so many sets, uh, there's got to be a a crazy story, uh, at least one, (laughs) right? So what's the craziest story of being on a set uh, for either a movie or TV show? What what can you share with us?
1: Oh, I was on an Amazon young adult cheerleading show called Liberty um, about eight years ago. And to prep for that show, we went to a legitimate cheer camp with legitimate professional cheerleaders. And I was just in shock at like what they were. And they they were all so nice. And they were like, yeah, how can we help you? What do you want to learn? And I'm like, I don't know how to touch my toes. Like, I don't know.
0: Let's <laughs> we'll start with that.
1: <laughs> right. Like, I am so not. And that was the most Intense. Just seeing people like flipping and whatever. And then when we got into our gym to film, I had a stunt double, and she was incredible and did everything that was difficult. But yeah. filming in the gym, we're filming on the the spring mats. They didn't low. They didn't take those out. So every single move that we like, any walking, anything we did would shake the camera. So for like the first like two episodes, we're all just robots trying to not <laughs> mess. But we're cheerleaders, so we're trying to like do cheerleading moves without moving the camera. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. It was
1: a great uh, core exercise.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, do you have a do you have a favorite type of role that you play? I mean, you know, sometimes you you know, obviously romantic comedies, uh, but sometimes you play like you know when I watched the movie Treasure uh, that you were in, uh, you, you know, you you played somebody who was in trouble with the law when you were younger, and then. Um, you know, but, but what, I guess, what kind of role do you, do you like to play? Do you like to play the, like the, the, the sweet girl or do you like to play the, like the more, um, I don't know, bad girl, I guess.
1: <laughs> I don't really think I play the bad girl. Well, my husband and I joke all the time that <laughs> I'm not very dark. Like I'm not, right. I'm just magenta. Like magenta is the darkest that I go. Um, when he's not here, I sleep with a an nightlight and I'm 30. So <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't do great with that. Um, I love comedy, yeah. and the more ridiculous the physical comedy is, the more I, I love. Like I just did a movie where I played twins and one of the twins was like big and ridiculous right. and like did all the things and it's like throwing food at her mouth and it's hilarious. And that is the one that I felt like the most at home. The other one was like the uptight stick up her butt. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm I love being ridiculous. Like you want me to to make a joke and be or physically whatever that I love that.
0: So how, how was that playing two different, I mean, you see that sometimes and obviously it's tricky to, I suppose, camera angles and everything. It's like completely like, um, it has to be on point, but how, how do you play two different roles and, and, you know, be able to get into those two spaces like that? Cause it would be, I would imagine, like, I think Lindsay Lohan did it in Parent Trap, but so how was that for you to get into those two different roles and how, how was that filmed? I guess, did you film one all? Okay. How did that work no 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 oh. we
1: i was switching back and forth between twins oh wow. times in a scene oh my gosh so i did a lot of homework on the physicality of each twin yeah. so i knew that Lacey is like feel good cool like never crosses her fingers uses her hands and then alice is uptight and her chin is a little bit raised and her voice is a little bit higher, so she is a little bit more just everything like this is here and it's pointed, and so I knew going into it if I but they were pretending to be each other, so
0: oh if I, that made if it even I worse, am, <laughs>
1: right? So if I'm Lacy pretending to be Alice, I'm gonna I'm going to be more Lacy yeah. and then remember that I'm pretending to be Alice and do the idea of being uptight, whereas with Alice she's supposed to be like fun and loose what that stuff was really fun because seeing her be so uncomfortable with like being fun was just a lot of like yeah yeah totally
0: what a challenging Um, role i mean that what it was amazing it was amazing
1: and at the same time i was in development for a series that i co-created that we're about to go on so i was doing that on my like nights and and days off besides playing being two roles in like every scene um but the way we shot it was any the twin scenes we would do coverage of me as one twin, so like all of my close-up coverage, yeah. and then my double Nicole, who wore a wig and read her sides off of the off of you know, her lines off of the sides, was across from me, and they were shooting over her shoulder, and it, the wig looked enough like me that it was it looked right. like I was talking to myself. Right. Then we would do a lock-off shot that was like the wide shot, and there was a line down the middle of the of the shot where this side was the character we were filming and then nothing could be moved and every we would all walk around the camera i would change be the other twin jump in here with the camera still in the same position film that lock off shot and nicole would try to match how i did my timing of the other character yeah so i would be able to have the reactions and timing that they could then splice those two takes together
0: Wow, Disney. and but it, but then the sight line was so the other actress was about your yes. height. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. They, they cast they cast a body double that was about my size, and she was not really an actress, I and mean, she's a performer at Disney, and is the nicest person I have ever met, and tried so hard in that movie would not have happened without her. Um. So yeah, it was it was so intense, and we wrapped um St. July first. And I was like, I'm doing Lazy Girl July. I am not doing anything. I was offered the lead of a Lifetime movie and I turned it down. My team was like, well, really? Really? Yeah. I was like, yes, I need a break.
0: So you need <laughs> a mental break. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, it's just crazy. And um, yeah. the other thing I want to ask you, you're a trained comedian. So, yes. and, and you have a lot of views on TikTok. So, uh, so I, I, how is your, I mean, is that something you really like to do is, is, is get up in front of people and just um, do comedy?
1: So stand up is my thing that like I want to be so good at and it scares me so badly. (laughs) And the way that TikTok started is one of my agents was like, we're getting a lot of a lot of deals for our cute girls that do comedy on TikTok and you do comedy like you are an improv. Sure. Girl, you do stand up. Why don't why don't why you're not you? Why are you not on TikTok? And I was like, because I have nothing to say. (laughs) I don't have anything to add to TikTok. That's not like. People that make comedy videos are so funny. Yeah. And I just didn't think I had that in me. And then I realized I have sweaty hands. Okay. <laughs> so I have this condition called hyperhidrosis where my hands, they will literally drip all of the time. I have a towel with me mm-hmm. all of the time because my hands are so sweaty. And like every set I work on, everybody knows like day one, sweaty hands, and needs her hands. It's part towel. of your rider but literally yeah. rap gift on the twin movie were hand towels that they had monogrammed. Oh, nice sweaty hands. And like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll just make some comedy videos with yeah. uh, about hyperhydrosis. Have fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a damp hot girl. Let's go. <laughs> so I just started making the most ridiculous videos of like picking up a piece of paper or sealing an envelope. And then they started getting hundreds of thousands. One of them has over 5 million views. Wow! And the comments are so sweet of people being like, "I didn't know that somebody yeah. had, like also had this. Like, I'm not alone. I'm like, right. hey, you are not alone. Welcome, damp queen. Welcome, like, you're amazing.
0: <laughs> you're in the club.
1: <laughs> you're in the club. I haven't made a video in a while because I, I like, don't have anything." Funny right now to put. So it's got to be. You got to
0: have the inspiration to do it.
1: Well, I usually make them on the fly. Where yeah, okay. I'm like Oh, this is something I should film right now. Right. Like <laughs> sealing and I'm sealing my friend's birthday envelope. Let me just film that because I don't have to lick it. I can just rub my hand on it and it's done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. All right, Ansley, I, I always ask everybody this, of course. Uh, this is this is what I, um, I like to know from each of our actors and singers and all of our artists. But um, when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people to walk away with when they hear Ansley Gordon?
1: Since I knew I was going to be on this show, I have been listening to everybody else's answers because <laughs> I don't I didn't know how to how to verbalize it, yeah. and I'm probably not going to say it very eloquently. But let's you know, let's give it a go. Um, I would like to leave a legacy of you can absolutely do it. Like whatever it is you want to do, you can do it. If somebody looks at me and sees anything that I've accomplished, I hope that makes them feel like they can accomplish their dreams. Because if I did it, you can totally do it. Like there's no reason that if you don't put in the time or the, the, the effort you you can have everything that you want in your life and that, that's what I would like to leave behind
0: <laughs> well that's awesome you know Anjali thank you so much for that uh, and also for all of your advice that you gave our, our young artists out there because this is our platform is helping the indie artists so thank you so much for that and you know we can't wait to see everything that you have coming in the future I know you've done a lot of stuff that's already out so we can't wait for people to to go onto your social media speaking of how can people find you?
1: Uh, thank you so much for all of that. That was so nice. And thank you for having me. I'm very honored to be here. Thank you. <laughs> um, my Instagram is at Ansley Gordon. And if you want some damp videos <laughs> on TikTok, it's at sweatyhandsands.
0: <laughs> All right, so everybody check that out definitely go to our social media and check it out it's, it's it's amazing and your work is is truly amazing um you know ansley so thank you again for joining us and i hope you have a great rest of your night
1: thank you again for having me this was awesome
0: thank you so much to our audience for listening to the stage door show on iHeartRadio. your support means everything and always remember to support your local independent artists